son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. So we're at the NHL draft on Friday. Coverage will be from 4 to 9 p.m. That's round one. And then from 8 to 11 a.m. on Saturday. I'll be there. Bob Stoffer, Jack Michaels, all part of our broadcast team. Uh, Dave Campbell is going to host Inside Sports for the next two days, but I'll be on with him from Buffalo. Terry Jones coming on the show tomorrow from the Edmonton Sun. He's got a new book, Epic Legacies of the Edmonton Eskimos. That'll be pretty cool. Uh, I got a text here from an unnamed listener who says, do players still not want to play in Edmonton? This is our problem. (sighs) Okay. Is Edmonton a number one destination for free agents? It is not. That is a fact. Was Andre Sekera one of the most highly sought-after free agents last summer? Yes, he was. He signed in Edmonton. Was Benoit Pouliot one of the most sought-after free agents the previous summer? Yes, he was. He signed in Edmonton. Uh, Are those players elite players? No, they aren't. But in their free agent crops, they were among the better players. Have some guys not wanted to play here? Sure, that's, that's just a fact. Some guys don't want to go to Toronto because they don't want to face the pressure and the media scrutiny. Same with Montreal. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just think if you're sitting there out there saying, well, the Oilers have missed the playoffs for 10 straight years because no good players want to come to Edmonton. Okay. You know, just get over it. All right? Just get over it. That's such an oversimplification. The Oilers have had four number one overall draft picks. None of them refused to come play here. Connor McDavid came here and and said, I want to wear an Oilers jersey for the rest of my life. I mean, we didn't get it. We didn't get a Lindros situation that wouldn't go in Quebec. The Oilers' problem hasn't been that players don't want to play here. It's been that the players that they signed haven't filled the roles that they were expected to fill, often because their talents were overestimated by the people who signed them. Okay? So, I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, whatever. You hear all the stuff about Edmonton, and you hear the same stuff about Buffalo and Winnipeg, and you used to hear it about the New York Islanders. Fair enough. And, uh, you know, I agree. Edmonton's not New York. You can't golf year-round. All that kind of stuff. Fair enough. That Those are all factors. 
but it's also oversimplifying things just to say, well, let's just crap on Edmonton. And I don't know why so many Edmontonians crap on Edmonton. I mean, at what point are, are you proud of where you live? And do you look at its strengths and its positives and not just pick it apart its weaknesses all the time? It's just, it's just tiring after a while. Text messages like that just wear me out. You can probably hear it in my voice, Kellen Kennedy. Yeah, you're tired. I wasn't tired until I read that text message. You need some sleepy now time to I just need a nap. Reed needs I need sleepy a, time I need tea. a little doggy bed under the desk here. That's it. So I can just climb into it. A little lullaby. I don't know. Yep. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Sign your first name to your text, please. Uh, what do we got coming up? Oh, Terry Danilik is going to be on the show tonight, one of the inductees into the Edmonton Sports Hall of Fame. He's had an incredible run as the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears volleyball team, also been uh, was a great player with that team. Hey, did you see the uh, did you see the story about Calgary looking for the Winter Olympics again? Well, they're, they're, they're sorry, not looking for it. They're looking into getting the Winter Olympics again in 2026. I think that's great. Bring the Olympics back to Alberta. They've hosted before. Why not? It'd be great to have another Olympics in Canada. How long will that be after uh, Vancouver? Vancouver was 2010. It'd be 16 years after, four Olympics after. No reason uh, Canada couldn't get it again. Got to support Calgary going for that. Uh, and as we mentioned, Ron McLean, heavy reports that he is going to replace George Strombolopoulos as the uh, next host of... Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, this texter says, you are the worst sports radio host. Do you watch the games? Hello. I, I don't know what that relates to. But yes, I do. Uh, it is 8.10, Inside Sports on 6.30 Chet. Uh, let's get to our uh, next guest. This is pretty cool. Uh, I, I got to admit, I enjoy dropping the odd wager on DraftKings. And uh, you can now do that on the little old Canadian Football League to talk about how and why that happened. Co-founder of DraftKings, he's also their chief financial officer, Matt Kalish, is on the line. Matt, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you today? Very well. And I guess I should say, in terms of you and your company, welcome to the Canadian Football League. Uh, it's it's interesting. I, I've I've been playing DraftKings for about a year, and I've I've said to a couple friends who are also on it. Man, you know, for for a season-long fantasy league, it's tough to do CFL because there aren't very many teams, but it seems like the type of league that is made for DraftKings because you can change your roster week to week and go in these larger pools. So uh, we, we were waiting for something like this. Tell us how the ball got rolling between you and the CFL on your end. Sure. I mean, we've been, you know, operating in Canada and the U.S. as well for over four years now, and... Uh, we've been continually adding to our platform. You know, we started with Major League Baseball in 2012 and uh, have since added eight more sports. So uh, CFL will actually be our 10th sport that we're doing. And uh, early on, we saw really good success with you know National Hockey League, uh, PGA Tour, golf. A lot of different sports were you know extremely popular in Canada, but. Uh, we had this missing piece where we weren't covering the CFL, and it was a kind of a significant miss on our part if we want to really serve, you know, all of our players in Canada well. And 
I think there's also an opportunity we have to expose the CFL and the quality of that product more in the U.S. and in the U.K. And, like, we have tons of NFL fantasy players who I think would love the game, and they just haven't had a good enough reason, I guess, to engage with it yet. So we're hoping to provide that reason. So, you know, with the CFL, it was really, uh, uh, I think, a mutually beneficial opportunity where, you know, we have almost 7 million fantasy players on our platform, and uh, the idea of giving more and more exposure to the CFL, the games, the product, and driving lots of uh, fan engagement through fantasy sports. Like, we were able to bring that to the table. And the CFL, obviously, is a tremendous partner. They, uh, we're going to be doing some things with them on the free contest side where you know players can come on and participate in free games that the CFL will be promoting through their platforms. And uh, I think it's a great mutually beneficial relationship that hopefully will live for a long time. Matt, you, you brought up something there about players in other countries. I'm a proud Canadian and there's a lot of Canadians who will want to jump in and participate in CFL pools on DraftKings. But I know in the grand scheme of things, population-wise, we're a relatively small country. So are you, are you confident, or maybe you already have some research that indicates, yeah, American fans are, are going to jump on this. They have such an appetite for football that, that they will get involved in this, certainly in the summer when there's no NFL, and maybe keep staying involved once once the NFL uh, starts. I mean, are you, pretty sh- are you pretty confident that fans south of the 49th are going to be able to drive this as much as fans north of the 49th? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we already have hundreds of thousands of Canadian players, so even if that wasn't in the equation, I think it's still something that we want to do just to make sure, you know, in the world of sports, whatever, our, our Canadian players want to see that we're covering it. And, uh, you know, so... Without the U.S. thing in the equation, I think we would have done it anyway. But I think our hope is, you know, when when Americans see the quality of the game that uh, CFL provides, they they get to watch it this year on, you know, it'll be on ESPN2, ESPN3. Uh, there's a lot of ways where Americans can watch the games. And uh, through these fantasy contests, I think it just provides that extra reason why somebody would give it a try. And so... I think it'll be pretty successful here, and I think it's uh, more a testament to the quality of the game that you know Canadian Football League provides than anything. Matt Kalis, DraftKings co-founder, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. The CFL now available on DraftKings. Um, just some of the, the nuts and bolts in this. When, when people go on who maybe have been playing NFL and go on to play the CFL, are, are they going to find the scoring very similar? Have you have to make some adjustments because of uh, some of the different rules that the CFL has, or is it is it going to pre- feel pretty much like playing an NFL pool? I think it'll feel a lot like playing an NFL pool. There's a few subtle differences that we thought were important. Um, so we're including points for returning yardage and rouges. And other than that, it's basically the same scoring So as somebody in NFL would be used to. Oh. And uh, from a roster standpoint, you know, I think the only difference is we took out the tight end. You know, in the, in the National Football League, we have a tight end position. And so there's very little difference in terms of the gameplay. I think anybody who's tried National Football League stuff would feel very confident in, in jumping in and drafting a lineup. Okay. So, Matt, let me ask you a little bit... <laughs> 
have some fun here. Where are you from? What is your pre-existing knowledge of the Canadian Football League? And I, and I won't be offended if you say I didn't have much because I, I know it's the, it, it kind of depends sometimes what part of the states you're from. Well, yeah, I'm from Boston, Boston, Mass. And so, you know, we have an awesome sports town here. We've uh, been very fortunate. I think our home teams have won uh, probably 15 championships since 2000. So we're very spoiled here with, uh, you know, a lot of success. And I know Edmonton won last year, so you guys are probably quite pleased about that and, you know, coming into the season. So, look, I mean, we're all really big sports fans here, and I think, the idea of adding CFL to our platform, what that means is that um, even the people here in Boston who don't really know the the league that well, they don't know the player pools, by week two or three, they'll be playing fantasy. They'll know, you know, way more than they ever have before. And that's part of the greatness of the game, I think, is it just gives you that motivation to just jump into something new and learn more about, you know, a league that maybe you previously didn't know that much about. All right. Well, Matt, Good job getting it going. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, and thanks for taking time to us, uh, taking time for us here on 6:30, Chet in Edmonton. Talk to you again. All right, talk to you soon. All right, so that's Matt Kalish, the co-founder of uh, DraftKings. So you, in uh, with the NFL, you take eight guys per team. In, in the in the CFL, you uh, you get seven, right? Do you do DraftKings, Kellen Kennedy? I don't, but this is uh, pretty interesting with CFL coming in. I might have to take a look at it. Yeah, sure. well, the, I mean, look, we all know the NFL has been a hugely popular league anyway, but how yeah. much has the fantasy, the gambling helped? Oh. It? And that's the point I've always made. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens to me quite regularly. Yeah. You're talking about the, the, the weekend's games, and somebody says, yeah, I watched Oakland and Arizona, mm-hmm. and Arizona won 42-10. Mm. And they say, I'm like, why would, why did you watch the entire game when on another exactly. channel there was a three point game? Yeah. Well, I had so and so in my fantasy league, and I wanted to see how many receptions he got or how many yards rushing he got. Yep. Or whatever. So hopefully, little things like this might boost uh, the CFL, get people paying more attention to the games, mm-hmm. engaging more with some of the players, knowing more about the lineups, and I, I would imagine it will get at, at least some play south of the border because yeah. football is the number one sport there mm-hmm. and I mean Darrell Walker played at Texas A&M yeah. with Johnny Manziel I mean yeah. I'm sure there's people who know he's in Edmonton and sort of have an idea or have half followed his what he's doing well, they, they may engage and drop a few dollars yeah. on Darrell Walker or whoever Chad Owens is a, a huge sports figure in Hawaii so you know They've definitely in Hawaii. They'd be looking, watching what he's doing, right? So there you go. It's going to be fun. I, I've entered a few pools for this week. Mm-hmm. I'm not, low, low stakes. I'm not a big roller. Not a high roller. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The Oilers' schedule is out. Get the details on the Oilers page on six thirty chedcom Home and home against Calgary to kick it off. Then Sunday, October sixteenth, Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabers will be in town. Remember when Buffalo came last year? McDavid was hurt, so we didn't see uh, their showdown right here in Edmonton. We had to wait till the Oilers went to Buffalo, and McDavid got both goals, including the overtime winner. All right, eight twenty. Quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. The Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins will be in Edmonton on Friday, March 10th. One of the highlights 
of the upcoming season. The full schedule released today. The Montreal Canadiens will be here on Sunday, March 12th, part of an eight-game homestand for your Edmonton Oilers, the second longest homestand in team history. In team history. Uh, the third eight-game homestand in the history of the Oilers. They had a nine-gamer in 1981-82 from January 29th to February 19th. A little bit of schedule trivia as the full thing was uh, released today. Don't forget the Heritage Classic in Winnipeg, 1 p.m. Sunday, October 23rd, as the Oilers go outside for the second time in uh, their history. This portion of Inside Sports is presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. All right. Uh, I was talking to Jim Matheson from the Edmonton Journal last night, and I, I know there's been some some rumors out there about the Oilers talking to the St. Louis Blues about uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, and I asked Matheson, do you think Shattenkirk would wind up being an Oiler? No. Okay. That's... I, don't think, I don't see it. I don't think if he's going to sign a new long-term contract, he's not going to sign one in Edmonton. I don't see it. Um, I think there's a much better chance he goes back east where he's from. Right. Um, but um, who knows? I don't... Uh, I just can't see Kevin Shattenkirk signing a long-term deal with the Edmonton Oilers. But I, he'd be a good player for the Edmonton Oilers, but I just don't see it. It's the same thing with, with I think we're so hung up on the Oilers have to have to get and trade for right-shooting defensemen uh, that we're, we're a little blinded to the fact there may be a really good left-shooting defenseman, as, as Cam Fowler is, as Lindholm is a left-shooting defenseman. Not... Every right-shooting defenseman is a great one, but just because the Oilers need righties doesn't mean they have to just go out and take whatever right-handed defenseman is out there in terms of uh, either signing somebody or, or making a trade that really isn't a great trade, but if the guy happens to be a right-shot defenseman, then i got to go and get him. All right, so that's uh, Jim Matheson. And, of course, uh, Shattenkirk, one year left on his deal. He's 27, four and a quarter million dollars. You know, a lot of speculation that he, he wants to play in the eastern United States, so so we will see about that. Uh, and, and, I mean, Matheson makes a good point. I, I, the Oilers do need right-shot defensemen, but if they can get a left-shot defenseman that's a larger upgrade than any right-shot defenseman available, don't you have to pursue that? And, I, I mean, guys do play their offhand fairly regular, fa- fairly regularly in the National Hockey League. It's not an impossible thing to do for someone with NHL ability. Uh, Kirk texting in. He goes, I love chicken wings. I envy you. Eat the hottest they have for me. That is from Kirk. All right. Well, I mean, you can get chicken wings in Edmonton. I'm just going to try to go to the place where they invented the chicken wing, the Anchor Bar in Buffalo. According to the map, I believe I am within walking distance of that establishment. So that'll be fun. I depart for Buffalo tomorrow, and uh, Dave Campbell will host Inside Sports. I will join him for a significant section of the show from Buffalo, New York. All right, here's what we got to do. we got to take a quick time out for the 8.30 news, traffic and uh, weather, a little more hockey talk when we get back. And we're going to welcome back to the show Terry Danilik, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears volleyball team. He's had a great career, and he's now in the Edmonton Sports Hall of Fame as a result. The Blue Jays falling tonight. 4-2 4-2 to the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Orioles now trailing the Padres 7-6. That game in uh, the bottom of the seventh. Inside Sports on 6:30. Chet back after the news.
This is JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. JC Sheriff was a guest on the Eskimo show last night with Morley Scott. That's on from 8 to 9 every Monday that is not a bye week for your Edmonton Eskimos. So uh, they're into they're already into a bye next week. Week uh, week two again is a bye for your green and gold. Game on Saturday, 3.30 for the pregame show kickoff at 5 as the Eskimos take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. Well, uh, this is uh, pretty cool. Inducted into the Edmonton Sports Hall of Fame, Terry Daniluk, a long time associated with the U of A volleyball program as a coach and a player. He's been on this show before, and we're glad to welcome him back. Terry, welcome back to Inside Sports. Man, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing okay. Yeah, how's your summer going? The summer's going all right. Uh, you know, trying to fit some inductions and some house rentals in at the same time. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. How's uh, this? Here's the typical question everybody uh, gets asked in the summer. Every every university coach. How's the recruiting going? Is your is your team more or less set for September? Or where are you at? Yeah, we're we're pretty much set. I mean, there's always we, we've got to wait to wait things out, especially with some of the high school kids, just because of admission grades and all of those things. So. Um, you know, the recruits that we wanted to get have committed to coming, but we won't know 100% for sure until almost the middle of August uh, once all grades are submitted. Um, some some we know already and others we're still waiting on, but uh, for the most part we're really happy with uh, the young guys that we've uh, spoken to about joining us. You know, we lost a couple of key guys from last year's program, so the recruiting uh, this year and, and uh, in particular the year after are really important for us with the majority of our our key guys leaving us through graduation. I mean, the the team has has done uh, so well. I believe it's eleven Canada West championships and and six Canada West titles in in twenty five years, with with you as the coach, which is pretty incredible. You would look at that and say, well, the success must make recruiting easy. Uh, is <laughs> I imagine you might have a different response to that, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't make it any easier. For in some cases, guys are looking at our program and saying, "Wow, well, you know, I don't want to go to that program because I'll have to sit on the bench for a while, or you know, will I ever get a chance to play?" There's there's a lot of variables in there for the guys who really, really want to be a Golden Bear, really want to go to the University of Alberta and be a part of our program. For sure, it makes it even more appealing. Uh, but there's you know a lot of opportunities out there. There's a lot of different programs. Some guys aren't willing to to put time into to be in a program that they might want to be in. They'd like to to see playing time right away. And those are those are the kind of things that uh, you know we can't guarantee. I've never never have to anybody whether you're King Kong or not. And um, it makes it it makes it um, easier to speak about the successes of the program. It makes it easier to say, hey, this is a great volleyball program attached to a you know, an outstanding academic institution. So uh, the wins allow me to do that. But, I, you know, I've, I've, I've had uh, things go both ways for me as far as recruiting goes. Do you, I mean, is your roster generally mostly uh, Alberta kids or do you wind up going out of province a lot? How does that often shake down? Uh, the majority of the guys are from Alberta, um, you know, and, and we, we, we have local content as well. The majority of our team in the last couple of years has been made up of Edmonton and Calgary guys. We do have a few out-of-province athletes. We had uh, a couple of Australian guys join us in the last few years uh, who were interested in studying in the Faculty of Physical Education, which worked out great for us. And uh, We've got a few guys from Ontario right now. Um, had one player from BC, but he's he's uh, graduated. So I'd say right now that our team is about 70% uh, Alberta talent and thirty uh, percent kind of, uh, you know, with the two international players, a mixture of guys coming in from other places. 
Yeah, I mean, I always love talking to coaches. And as you know, Terry, I've, I've covered Canada West and I've covered ACAC. And, uh, you know, my old statement, you can you can win a lot of games in the summer, right? <laughs> if, if, <laughs> yeah, you sure can. I mean, you have to have the horses. I think there's lots to be said about having a good program and, you know, a good coaching philosophy and, you know, running all those things. But when push comes to shove, you need the horses to to win the battles too and I, I think we've done a good job of selecting talent developing talent while they're with us you know, pushing guys on through to the national team program or off to Europe or Asia somewhere to play pro as well so um, there is a formula that's kind of in place uh, sometimes it has little dips and bumps and bruises along the way but for the most part I, you know I think we do a pretty good job of that here. Terry Danilek joining us on Inside Sports. We're having you on because uh, you're now a member of the Edmonton Sports Hall of Fame. So congratulations on that. Hall of okay. Fame's uh, often for, for people after they retire. I, I don't think you're going to make a surprise announcement on 6.30 Chet tonight. Uh, you're, you're still going strong. So uh, how do you sort of uh, process getting this honor? for? Because uh, I'm sure you consider yourself in the middle of your career here. Yeah, I mean, it's an overwhelming honor. Uh, it was The city did a phenomenal job of hosting the event. I really had no idea what to expect. And, uh, you know, I was overwhelmed with the evening, the, the, the fellow inductees that were there with me, the people that were, you know, at the event, the way that it was organized, uh, all the detail that was involved. And, um, you know, just to listen to the stories of the people that were being inducted and to have my story included in there was, was, really, uh, was really an honor. And, yeah, no, I'm not ready to go anywhere yet. I... I know I look older than I feel, but for the most part, <laughs> I'm still doing okay. Um, I, I did not know this uh, at all, and we've we've talked a few times. Your bio, the first sentence is Terry Danilek's first love was baseball. What what's the story there? Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, my first love was baseball. I grew up uh, in, in Belvedere, a community uh, in northeast Edmonton, and. I was really lucky and blessed to have a, a couple of dads in the neighborhood who, who loved baseball and, and got together a pretty good group of, of baseball players. We ended up winning, um, you know, Western Canadian Championships, several provincial championships. Uh, 1972, actually played in North Battleford, Saskatchewan, in the Pee Wee National Championships. And our and our first game was against Ontario, and, and some little skinny guy by the name of Wayne Gretzky pitched against us. So it was, oh, jeez. <laughs> a long ways and I, I always thought I was going to be a baseball player. I was a back catcher, loved, loved it. And uh, 1974 I got introduced to, to a, you know, international volleyball through the Jasper Volleyball Camp and uh, changed my life. I, I continued to play baseball for many years after that, played with some, some great guys. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity to play with some guys that went on to the NHL like Lindy Ruff. And, um, you know, we had some success in baseball, but the love for volleyball was just a little bit stronger, and the opportunities for volleyball were better for me. Well, you played U of A, and you're, you're the second uh, person in a week I've had on who competed in the 1984 Los Angeles Summer Olympics. Willie DeWitt was on the show last week. Uh, I would suggest you can jump higher and he can punch harder. <laughs> if I... you know, it's really funny because I have a picture uh, from our high school provincial championships in 19, 1978. Sorry, 1977, and it's a picture of me jumping with Willie DeWitt blocking on the other side. No way. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's incredible. <laughs> he was a lot thinner then, so it was hard to recognize him. But it's uh, he was a, a really great guy. I had actually a really good chance to to spend some time with him uh, in LA during the Olympics too. So it was it's interesting that you did speak with him, and uh, I have some actual great memories of him in the past. 
Yeah, well, classy guy for sure. And he's now a lawyer, speaking of uh, what yeah, people... Yeah, he has been for a while, actually. Yeah. I don't know, he's still throwing punches, but in a different way now, I guess. Yeah, exactly. He said he still likes sort of that, that uh, competitive aspect to it when you go to trial. So, uh, I mean, you played for the Canadian national team, and then, and then you know, you, you stay home in Edmonton and, and wind up as uh, as the U of A head coach. Was that was that a clear... Because it's, it's interesting, Terry... I, sometimes I interview people who become coaches and they're like, yeah, when I was 19, I knew I wanted to coach. And other people are like, yeah, I don't know, it was almost an accident. And now I've been a coach for 20 years. Was it was it a clear path for you out of playing or how did it come about? Yeah, the path was fairly clear. It wasn't necessarily uh, coaching at the university level. My, my intention was when I was done volleyball was to go back to the university and do an education degree. I had my physical education degree, but I, I always thought I was going to be a high school teacher slash coach. And, uh, you know, the, the opportunity uh, uh, came up for me to have this chance to apply for the U of A job while my wife and I were overseas. And it was, you know, I had to think about it a bit because it wasn't the route I had planned on going. Uh, my physical education degree was in the coaching route, so it, it wasn't like a complete you know, out of left field uh, kind of idea, but uh, it was something that uh, took a while to say yes to, and, and uh, you know everything sort of took off from there. I when I when I started coaching here, I really had no idea what I was in for, and I had some great help from one of my former teammates, Scott Bocock, who helped me. Uh, you know, after he had left the coaching ranks, for, and uh, it was it was one of those things where you know one thing led to another, and the more I did it, the more I loved it. And, I did it the more I understood about it and um, you know it's one of the, it's, a, it's a, a never-ending story you're always progressing as a coach and you know even to today I'm still learning new things every day which is, is part of the reason I love it so much yeah well and I, that leads in well to my, my next question how when and this is might be a, a wide-reaching question because you've been been coaching uh, you know a quarter century at the U of A which is unbelievable but uh, I, I, well let me let me put it this way what would you, if you could go back in time for five minutes, what would you tell first-year U of A coach Terry Daniluk? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, that that's a really, there's a lot of things I wish I could tell him. Um, but I think the one thing that, uh, that I wish I would have done a better job of was trying to balance my life outside of coaching. I think it's one of the things, the coaching world, it's, it's a never-ending thing. It never leaves your head. It's a 24-hour-a-day job because once something, <laughs> something, something gets in your mind, it's hard to put it away. And I think I really, I really wanted to learn a lot about coaching. I really wanted to do a lot. My first 16 years, I was not only coaching at the U of A, but I did something with Team Canada every summer. And, um, you know, I, I think we need balance in our lives. And I think if I could do it again... Uh, without you know hindering how how much I've learned as a coach, I, I try to find a way for young coaches to find balance and make sure they maintain that part of their lives, their family life, uh, you know, doing things outside of the sport itself. Um, but you know, when you've got a competitive edge, it's easy to say that now. I don't know whether I would have changed things the way I did them, but I I, I wish that was something I could tell myself. Uh, Terry, j- just one more f- for you. And I mean, everybody knows about the success of, of your program, and it's one of those things you're, you're, you're kind of always, you're one of those programs, you're always in the mix, right? You're at or near the top of the Canada West standings. You're often getting a spot in nationals. You're, you're often a high seed. And, and I know not every year, but the, the U of A in men's volleyball is one of the top, if not the top program in the country. To, to an extent, have you had to embrace being everybody's rival have you had to embrace 
I mean, being the villain, and I don't mean that in a moral way, but I mean just being the team with with the bullseye all the time. Is that something you've you've all you've kind of had to force yourself to fall in love with? Yeah, I mean it's not it's not an easy thing because you you've kind of you know hit the nail on the head. I mean we get everybody's A game. It doesn't matter who we play. Everybody plays good against us, and uh, part of that is the reputation that we've built as a program. And I think I'm honored by that because it's one of those things where it's a challenge every weekend to to show up and to make sure that your guys are ready to play, whether it's Team A or Team W. It doesn't really matter. And um, you know, over the years, that's what I found is the the more consistent our program got, the more the more we had to be ready for battle because everybody gave us their best game every time we came out to play. And I think, um, you know, it's it's an honor for me as a coach to have a program and to work within a program and the people within the program to have that reputation. Uh, it takes work to get there. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of energy. Uh, but in the end, I, you know, I really believe it's worth it. Well, Terry, I love having you on the show. This is a long overdue appearance, but I'm glad we could talk about you going into the Edmonton Sports uh, Hall of Fame. I might as well uh, ask you: Are you guys are you having any exhibition games in in September, or is is the Can Am thing coming back? What's what's going on match wise? Yeah, we, we can't do the Can Am anymore just because uh, the Americans changed their rule and their oh, so that's still okay. Preseason trial, yeah, that still exists, and so we we have a. a SofaLand has sponsored a tournament for us here in the city over the last, uh, going on four years now, the SofaLand Classic, which is uh, September 22nd to 24th this year. And um, it's four university teams. We're bringing in McMaster, who is one of the top teams in the country and hosted last year's national championship. And uh, they'll play alongside two other Canada West schools. But we also invite eight colleges from the, the Alberta Conference of uh, men's volleyball to participate so it's two tournaments kind of going uh, side by side and the university teams are also playing some of the college teams during the day just to get uh, you know playing time for for some of our younger players that type of thing so it's it's kind of a recruiting slash developmental thing it's replaced can-am but not to the same level and then uh, in in uh, the december period december 27th to 31st uh, we'll be hosting lewis university from the chicago area they were the number two team in the ncaa div one last year uh this past year we did the same type of thing with long beach uh, and so uh, people will get a chance to see an american school play but they'll have to wait until december for that and then we're actually hosting the cis championship third week uh, of march in 2017 okay well we got a few occasions to have you or some of your players on during the uh during the school year terry yeah, thanks for, for sure. making time for us on inside sports i'm glad we got a chance to catch up and uh, hope the rentals go well man <laughs> thanks take care of yourself that is Terry Danilek checking in tonight. Love having him on the show. U of A Golden Bears volleyball coach and now a, a proud member of the Edmonton Sports Hall of Fame. And you heard his story. Grew up in northeast Edmonton, played U of A volleyball, and uh, played for the national team. Comes back in a long and successful coaching tenure as the Golden Bears volleyball coach. Good stuff there. It is 8.48. It is Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, the Blue Jays lose tonight 4-2 to Arizona. That's your Crystal Glass scoreboard for all your glass needs. Call Crystal Glass at 310 Glass today. All right, we got to take a uh, quick timeout. Back for some final thoughts on Inside Sports. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Little Andrew WK. He was the uh, he was the song for the, the, the what do they call it? The skate out song for the Penguins or the was he the goal song? It was something for the oh, Penguins. Okay. Yeah. And they won the Stanley Cup because of Andrew WK. Party hard. Forget about Kessel and all those guys. 
It was Andrew WK that put him over the top. Supreme partying in Pittsburgh, didn't if that's the case. <laughs> Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630. Chet, thanks for coming along for the ride tonight. Been a fun show. we got a few minutes left here. Um, how about uh, the uh, that commercial for that new Independence Day movie? Hey, wow. Ooh. Isn't this 20 years after the original? Yeah. So there was Independence Day, yeah. and now there's Independence Day resurgence. Yeah. So what cast members are back? You got uh, Pullman back, Bill yeah. Pullman. Is yeah. Goldblum's back by the sounds of it? I think so, yeah. And Brent Spiner, Data, yeah, from Star Trek The Next Generation is back. Will Smith is not back. No, because it, his character got wiped out in the, in the uh, first one, right? Did he really? Yeah. I thought he lived. Uh, somebody died in it, and I can't remember who. I thought the Brent Spiner character died. Oh, okay. Then why would they bring him back? Well, I guess he not? didn't die. Shows no. you what we, plus, it was, it's it would, science fiction. It'd be Will Smith, then, if that's the case, if his character died. Because his son, or there's a guy that plays his son in the movie, I guess. Like 20 years ago. Oh, and now his son is the his, new yeah, pilot guy? Yeah. Uh, is Judd Hirsch in this one? I don't think he is. Oh, yes, he is, baby. There you go. I, I got really excited about Judd Hirsch being <laughs> in this movie. Now I'm looking up the plot for for Independence Day, the original one. Made uh, cost seventy five million dollars. Yep. Made eight hundred and seventeen million. I remember when that movie came out on VHS. You could not find it anywhere at any video rental pl- location. Like it was always taken well, out, right? So this is uh, yeah. This well, this is from my video rental days. Yeah. I was I was working at Blockbuster Video when this came out. Yeah. I'm trying to find. Just hang on. <laughs> what happens in the end? First of all, I apologize if I'm about to spoil Independence Day for you, but... Let's face it, you've what? had 22 we, years. The, the humans win in the end, <laughs> yes. okay? Uh, Will Smith played Captain Stephen Hiller. Does Hiller die in it? No, it says that they escape. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he wasn't the one who died. Then how come he's not in the second one? Is he just retired? He's just sitting on a... Because, well, he's in summer? Suicide Squad, isn't he? Isn't that his summer movie? Will Smith? Yes, he's in Suicide Squad. Is he? He's, uh, is he Bullseye, I want to say? Um, again, I don't know all the, uh, the the DC characters as well. Okay. As the Marvel characters. <laughs> do we have uh, Scott C. Bourgeois? Gonna, we do. Deadshot. S- Scott, jump on the mic. Deadshot. Here. Deadshot? Yeah, he plays Deadshot in the Suicide Squad movie. And what is Deadshot's ability? Deadshot's a really good shooter. That's cool. It's literally it. He's <laughs> just he's a crack people. shot. Yeah. Now, isn't it, do, they, do we really want to celebrate that type of a character in the United States at, at this point in their history? The timing might be awkward. I was actually going to come in and talk about Independence Day. But then All you right. changed the subject on me. Well, no, that's fine. Jeff says it was Randy Quaid who died. That, oh, yes. yes. He had the old biplane or something. Yeah, right? Will yeah. Smith's character apparently died off camera between the two movies. Oh, that's oh, what they've done. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So they. So that's how they explain. Why didn't you bring back a famous actor? Well, I don't know. Because he didn't want to do it. Passed it. So they just kill him off. <laughs> I in guess the, so. In the, <laughs> the, the 20 years uh, since. Uh, there you go. Uh, so somebody texted in. We're get, we're now getting more texts about Independence Day than we did Taylor Hall trade proposals, and that's pretty hard to beat. Uh, somebody says yes. Brent Spiner's character did die. Uh, Shorty says Harry Connick Jr.'s character died. Uh, they say Will Smith died testing an alien ship in between movies. All right. 
Oh, so that's what they do in Area 51. And uh, Hall for Captain says, don't talk about movies if you guys have no clue. Well, I think we have a clue. We just don't have the right answers. <laughs> like there's, if but we didn't have a clue, a I wouldn't fun. even know that Will Smith was in it. If, if, we, if we had no clue, that, or we, if we knew what was going on, that takes away the fun out of everything. Yeah. Plus, I haven't seen Independence Day Resurgence, so how can I know what happened in it? My God. Some people don't know how to have a good time. It's sad. All right, here's what's uh, going on. Well, the show's over, first of all. So thanks to our guests, Terry Daniluk, Matt Kalish from DraftKings, Pat Steinberg from the Flames Radio Network, Eskimos play-by-play voice Morley Scott, and Oilers Chief Commercial Officer Stu McDonald. Don't forget to check out the Oilers' full schedule on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Our draft coverage from 4 to 9 on Friday, 8 to 11 on Saturday. I'm off to Buffalo tomorrow. I will join this show as a guest with Dave Campbell filling in in the host chair. The studio producer this evening has been Kellen Kennedy. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The Blue Jays lose 4-2 to the Arizona Diamondbacks. My name is Reed Wilkins. This has been a fun one. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Talk to you soon. Along with the charade that doesn't seem to be a Six thirty Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on six thirty Chad.